0: All right, five, four, three, (laughs) two, one Welcome to the podcast Welcome to Everything You Need to Know About Music Where tonight I'm sitting with my friend Seth Say hello, Seth Hello And Matt, say hello, Matt Hello What's up, gentlemen?
1: Happy to be here How is it
0: going? How are we doing? Good, doing great All right, terrific I'm excited about this one tonight Because you literally don't know who I'm going to do right now.
1: No clue. Yeah, we don't.
0: But I know you know who this person is, and I kind of want to do it by taking the notes that I have here in front of me and trying off the cuff here just to form it into into questions by giving you hints Mm -hmm. about this person's background and upbringing and how this band or artist became popular. And then you tell me when you know it, but don't say who it is. Okay. Is that cool? Got yeah. it. Got it. Yes. All right. How am I going to do this? All right. I, the reason I want to do it this way is because I don't think that this person gets the recognition that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that given a different trajectory or set of circumstances, this person would have been and should have been far bigger in popularity and. Um And 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 being remembered for who they were, if things had gone a different way. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, that's a a slight hint. Yep, and they're dead.
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I mean, by yeah, correct. Um, All right, this person entered a talent show at age seventeen at the Roxy and Douglas Theater in Macon, Georgia, held by the disc jockey Hamp Swain, titled "The Teenage Party." He won, he, He, won Swain's contest 15 consecutive weeks in a row and was further banned from entering the contest anymore to give other people a chance. Hmm. That's like winning 50 bucks today. So times 15, that's like 750 bucks. It's pretty good money. Yeah, it's pretty Pretty good money. This person stood six feet two and weighed 220 pounds. So in comparative, like... Just to kind of give you an idea of what that looks like That's like Evander Holyfield Mm -hmm. Same build Same stature Okay For one part Of this person's life they were literally The biggest act in the world And When flew to England He was greeted By the Beatles personal limousine That's who picked him up Mm. Because the Beatles were huge fans Okay. Okay so we're talking that was 1967 60s. when that happened. Okay. Okay. Um, in fact, this person was so popular in England that he took the uh, award away from Elvis Presley's eight-year run as the country's most popular male vocalist. Wow. Any any bits of hints yet? I'm being very vague on purpose, by the way. I have no clue. No, no clue. Okay. He entered more... I'm just trying to think of a year. I'm trying to get a year out of it. I'm trying to be as vague as I possibly can. Um, He entered so many of these talent shows, it actually became the way that he earned money for the family in order to make ends meet. And in one of those talent shows, he met a guy named Johnny Jenkins and the Pine Toppers. And Johnny Jenkins didn't have... A driver's license so he hired this person to be his personal driver and on the way to Stacks recording or Stacks record studio uh, the, he was going to make a like a uh, Johnny Jenkins was going to make a uh, an, an album and so he went into this into the studio and the backup band like the house band for Stacks studios at the time was Booker T and the MGs. Do you know Booker T and the MGs? I've heard of Booker T and the MGs, yeah. You know their famous song, which There's is Green go. Onions. Yeah. Sandlot. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> One of the greatest, grooviest champs right here. All right, so that's Booker T and the MGs. Great background, really heavy on the organs, big on that Hammond B3, just a really good, groovy, groovy band. Cool? So far? Yeah, all right. At the end of one of these sessions that they had at Stack Studios, there was 40 minutes left because the the session ended up being really unproductive for Jenkins. So this guy says, listen, would you mind if I sang a song? And the studio guys go, yeah, you can sing a song. And he goes, what are you going to sing? He's like, this is a song I wrote. And I just like a slow ballad and I'll just give it a try. He goes, yeah. And this is the song that he did.
1: These... Arms
0: of they are lonely. And so was birthed Otis Redding
1: So good So
0: He, he I mean, Traveled to, wait, to, Yeah, go ahead Is there not a more yeah. soulful Gritty Voice Than Otis Redding's yeah. I right, Listen know, go, on, so just, right, go ahead Go, what were you we going to say? I was just, just going to say, so he, when he went to England... Late, this was later, obviously, the sixty-seven. 70s. In the 60s, England. sure, yeah.
1: but became larger than Elvis there at that yes.
0: time. That yes. Yeah. That's shocking. I would it have was never the biggest act in the Otis. world never. at that time. Wow. And that's because, again, I don't think he gets the credit or the attention that he really deserves yeah. for everything that he really did and what he stood for. Did you have any guesses on Otis? Nobody ever thinks of Otis. I
1: have guessed Otis. Okay.
0: All right. Sweet. So, song number one has to be "These Arms of Mine," written October of 1962 as a leftover time in the studio, and he lays this down. It ended up being on like three of his albums because it's just such a powerful, amazing, amazing song. Do
1: you know what year that that was? 62. Okay. I'm sorry, you said that. So he was driving for somebody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As his driver goes, hey. Can I I just have a little studio time? And that voice comes out. That voice comes out. And they go, go, whoa. So, Chief Engineer Jim Stewart signs him immediately. He drives home with a record contract in his pocket.
1: Wow. That's great.
0: From that. From that. Wow. So, I think for me, the thing about Otis and why I wanted to do it for you guys was, you guys are big soul fans. Mm -hmm. You guys like that era. And I think that he's unappreciated, which I've already mentioned, but there's something about the crossover feel that he has too, because he covered so many of other artists' songs, which I'm going to get to. I think he actually took a lot of what were at the time poppy kind of songs, like popular music, and made them incredibly soulful tracks yeah. that are in some, to- some versions even better than the original, mm-hmm. which I hate to say, but it, it's true. Yeah. Like It comes off really, really good. Now, that song, "These Arms of Mine," sold eight hundred thousand copies. Like just for comparative purposes, the the number one song, or at least recently, uh, about about two weeks ago when I pulled this data, was "Good for You" by Olivia Rodrigo. Sold one hundred and seventeen thousand units. Okay, sold forty three million streams though.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's, it's the whole record business is different now. Right. But back then, in the early sixties, eight hundred thousand copies. It's just insane. It, right. that's, I mean, yeah. that, that's huge. It, that's, that's really huge. So um, he puts an album together called Pain in My Heart, which I think personifies really who he is because there's like uh, a sadness, a bluesiness, a grittiness that really went well with that whole Stack Studio vibe that he kind of um, embodied. And on this, on this album... Is some of the greatest gospel funk style songs. I'm gonna play a couple for you real quick so you can, yeah. you can hear them. So These Arms of Mine and I've been loving you. I mean, we're, we're gonna start slow because he can get really really funky, but listen yeah. to that. And by the way, this is still Stop Booker T and the MGs so backing him up.
1: Really? Yeah. Maybe that's why I heard him too. You can use the word gritty though.
0: Listen to this. And you want to be free. Now, his influence, his major influence was, well, there were two. There were two. I think the biggest one has to be Sam Cooke, but maybe even bigger than that was Little Richard. And he actually played with Little Richard's backup band for a time being as well. So, so many of the songs that he covered were from those guys. One of them, for example... Listen to the funky soul version of this. I've never heard this version. No. No, not many people have. It's good. Or my personal favorite one that he does as a cover has to be, listen to his version of this, Stand By Me. You may have heard this one. You wanna talk about soul? Yeah. I mean this was the southern Memphis sound right here. When the night has come. And the land is dark
1: Is he so he's from Georgia? Yeah, original Georgia. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Only we've seen. Uh, this is originally Benny King's song, but this version to me, with the horns, maybe it's the horns, I, just and his grittiness, I, I don't know. Just for me, I, I think this is the better version. I agree. I don't know. Yeah, it is. I don't know. Totally. Right? Absolutely. Listen to just the horns here. Yeah. There's just something gritty and, and dark and like a little more moody about it, I think, that, that mm-hmm. does it for me.
1: It's more soulful. Yeah, you know? it's For definitely sure more soulful. So awful, yeah.
0: Listen to the same album again. Pop songs. <laughs> tell me, tell me when you know it. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Never heard this Maybe, first, Right. Baby, oh. wow. All right, so you get it. All right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play you all these songs. That's cheating. That's definitely cheating. But <laughs> that's the Kingsman. So, all right. He has a few more albums that come out where he basically does this. He'll write a couple of his songs, but then pad it with other songs from other artists that are popular of the day. And it was a great way to bring different groups of people together to this soul kind of music. So he would take, like, like that's a, that's a rock and roll song, and, and brings it together to now make it kind of soulful for, for everyone to listen to. So he was really, really good at that. He did my girl. He did wonderful world. You know what? Yeah. Indulge me. I just want to play just just, just one more. How about this? Oh wow. Yeah. The Rolling Stones? The
1: yeah, Rolling Stones, yeah. I wasn't expecting
0: that. Right? <laughs> and I
1: wasn't expecting that one.
0: I know. I <laughs> know oh, yeah, it's really good. I can't
1: Many years after the original came out, that he starts sampling these songs. Two, yeah, because
0: you don't. Two, hear, I mean, seriously, do you hear yeah. much about like sixty-five does that same that kind was 67. of thing happen?
1: Other than like, you know, if you listen to Coffee House on Sirius XM or something, you're going to hear some like smoother samples of certain things. But people, I, don't, I maybe no, I'm totally wrong. You're absolutely you don't hear right.
0: You're sampling like a year or two after. No, no, and doing that, making it different. No, you're absolutely right. Reading success allows him to buy this big ranch in Georgia called Big O Ranch. <laughs> Okay, remember, this guy's of six course. two. He's a big, yeah, he's a had, big, no, big he's man, big. right? Yep. And he's a rancher. This is not your normal what's going on kind of guy yeah. in late 60s, mid to late 60s, you know, black culture. It's just, that's this is very different. So since black fans were still the vast majority of record buyers for stacks, he, he chose to perform at a lot of like... Uh, Whiskey a go go, like on, on in um, in LA on the Sunset Strip, to really try to up, uh, like appeal to white audiences to merge the, to, the two together. The pop, he was
1: pop audience, yeah, yeah exactly, mm-hmm.
0: exactly. And he was one of the first soul artists to perform a white audiences in the United States. And Bob Dylan attended one of the performances and actually altered. He altered one of his songs, uh, "Just Like a Woman," and it's it's re- Like he sounds. Like it takes a Dylan song and makes it soulful. It's 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 really cool. Oh, Otis altered a yeah. Dylan song. No way. Yeah, That's cool. just just for him. Yeah. So right, all right. I'm gonna go to song number two because I played so many extra songs that I I swore that I was gonna try to at least stay on Enjoy. on task here, but it's okay. All right. So song number two. Okay. All right. Written by Jimmy Campbell and Harry Woods in 1932. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna play you the 1932 version Ooh. first. You will not recognize it from the version until I get to the lyrics, I don't mm-hmm. think.
1: Has her grief this version
0: was done by Ray Noble in
1: 1932 and his
0: orchestra. But, but and gentle, I'm not going to think you're going to know it from this. Though.
1: You won't regret it. Women don't forget it Tell Love me when you got it
0: Yeah? Got it, it. Yeah? Got it. Really? Matt, you're going to get it in a second It's Kanye's standpoint all so easy. <laughs> Let's Try a little tenderness All right, I don't expect you to get it from that So that actually became a bit of an American staple So a bunch of people did try a little tenderness Really? One of which was Frank Sinatra oh. Here's Sinatra's version if he'll just read. Bing Crosby did it. A, t- a ton of guys from this era. That's Frank. That's Frankie. Yeah. Never. But. She may be weary. Okay. Women. But nobody has done it with the power. Yeah,
1: nobody can do it. And no- after nobody Otis. can. Nah. Nobody can do it like, no, like, like, like
0: Otis can. So now you've got Booker T and the MGs in the back. You've got producer for the first time. Isaac Hayes oh. in the booth and no they way. decide to do it a little bit different soul it up add the horns add the organ and you've got one of the greatest tracks not even for soul tracks but just in general yeah. with Otis Redding's Try A Little Tenderness oh, wow. oh she may be weary <laughs> it's, just not, mm-hmm. it's not a better version mm-hmm. them young girls they do get weary wearing that same old Shaggy dress. Yeah. Listen to that organ. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Alright, while he's doing this, weed. I'm gonna just gonna say the the album that this came off of was called ah. <laughs> What am I complete and unbelievable the otis redding dictionary of soul that was wow. the name of the album Yeah. okay i mean you want it's to talk about <laughs> grandiose what yeah. are we gonna call this thing right right yeah. complete and unbelievable <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right <laughs> <It's complicated.
1: laughs> the album
0: were critically acclaimed <laughs> became critically acclaimed and uh, actually peaked at number 25 on the billboard hot and number four on the r b hot but It's now the 204th greatest song on the Rolling Stone 500 songs of all times list. So Otis goes basically like two minutes of that. Yeah. And they go, all right. Put the organ on. Put the organ on. Let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get into it. And he goes by the end of the song. It becomes this spirited, lively, amazing track where he's literally yelling, literally yelling at the end. Listen to this. To church, uh, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So anyway, if, if you haven't heard it in its entirety, you need to take it from start to finish yeah. to feel the build, to feel the passion, to feel where he goes with that. It's just absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. All right. So he had a big moment in 1967. Um, he performed at the Monterey Pop Festival as the closing act on Saturday night, which was the second day of the festival, and. He was invited by Jerry Wexler, who was a big producer at the time. And until that point, basically, Redding was performing for mostly just black audiences. But it was the success of this show that allowed him to be on the same docket with Janis Joplin, The Who, Jimi Hendrix. Bob Weir from The Grateful Dead, after seeing him, said, I'm pretty sure that I had seen God on stage. He (laughs) was just absolutely blown away with... They hadn't seen... Uh, someone with the power and the passion and the soul, I don't mm-hmm, think before, mm-hmm. and it was the first guy to bring these two things together yeah. which was which was kind of cool, so he has now i don't know if you've seen uh the most current uh iteration of the Rolling Stone five hundred greatest songs mm-hmm. of all time you know they come out it's usually every it. five or so <clears throat> five or so years they they adjust it, so I had just said that that song we just heard was number two o four that seems low. Yeah, well, for us it is, yeah, because right. we love that right, kind right, of music. Right, yes. right, but right. I mean, uh, to make yeah. the list is incredible, right? Yeah. The number one song now for 2021 is what? Do you know?
1: The number one the song. The number
0: one song. And it's never been number one. It's never been in the top 10. It's now number one. So they change these things. And it's amazing yeah. to me that they, like, how a song can be, okay, now it was it was number 98. Now it's number three. Like, yeah. what has to happen for thing, obviously popularity, obviously yeah. streams, downloads, buy like all huh, this stuff, okay. but yeah, the number one song—it's uh, what—it's probably something. I'm assuming
1: it was ranked before, right? It
0: was. Uh, it was ranked it's before. Probably okay. Like it's always N- been ranked in Nirvana fact. or
1: something. No, it's this all. This is all songs ever made.
0: All songs ever made. It's well, be wow. it's called rock and roll. Disagree with? I'm uh-huh. sure. No, I think you'll agree with it. I just don't think you'll say, "Well, that's number one." Hmm. Hmm. And so, um, a, la- a couple podcasts ago, Kevin and I had talked about because um, he had brought it up. That it was the number one song And he goes What do you What do you think about that Can that be The the number one song The answer is Aretha Franklin's Respect
1: Oh okay Hmm.
0: Can that be The number one song And his Argument Was no, No Because While Albeit a phenomenal song It's not Her song It's a cover Really And It's a cover Of Otis Redding's song This Is the original He Wrote respect, and this is the original song. Wow. So, can it be number one? I don't know. What do you want? Wow. Have you got it?
1: No, you're right. What I mean, you if you're going to be on that list, it should be something you original, right? Fe- you know? Right,
0: but see, I wonder what they base that on. I mean, I know it's... Yeah. It's got a real problem with that. <laughs> I know, agreed. It's very subjective. <laughs> it, I, yeah. I had said yeah. to yeah. Kevin, I said, it definitely has an asterisk next to it, in my opinion. It has to. But... Well, I don't know It's one of the greatest songs Ever made But I don't know If it's the sure For sure, for sure. It's an anthem It's it's for women's Absolutely it, it, right. it, okay. it's, it's a phenomenal song I don't think there's anyone That doesn't like the song yeah. But to be number one Of yeah, the greatest song Of all time like, Is what they're right. saying What has oh. it done To change anything
1: to, Well, you said like the, You know, like from a women's standpoint That anthem Yeah But
0: I don't know I just, but, but how about that, this is, that That's her signature song yeah. It's sure. his song Wow Wow, wow. wow.
1: Never heard this love, go. i feel like i love otis that's and very you're playing cool. you've yeah, really very cool. half the songs i haven't heard of so oh good because so, i don't yeah, want to give so you just maybe okay. i don't love them i mean i gotta listen more i, I thought
0: i knew him too yeah. yeah oh this is great then that makes me really happy yeah, all yeah, right well good. let me get to song number three and i will do my best to make it concise but this is this is a big deal actually i'm gonna play two because i'm gonna have to play you one more song and okay, that's important please, Seth. Yeah. i'm talking to you all yep, right song number three was recorded by Redding twice in 1967 And was recorded three days prior to his death So I don't oh, know if wow. you know But he died in a plane crash And he recorded this song three days prior to, to, mm. to dying um, It became the first single To ever make the top of the charts Absolutely. posthumously So he wrote this song because he rented a houseboat Now remember this guy lives on a ranch okay yeah rents a houseboat in sausalito california
1: that's right across the bay from san francisco exactly yep.
0: right there right across the bay
1: yeah this song, i know the song here. okay yeah. he's yeah. sitting there
0: and he's <laughs> yeah. just like what am i what am i gonna write about so he writes his famous song yeah. sitting on the dock of the bay so i got i gotta make this song number three because yeah. it's just such a phenomenal song
1: sitting in
0: the morning sun i'll be sitting when the evening comes what he was the ships this rolling, is crazy to me i'm going to leave this sound while i tell you this then i roll away again so all but one of the band members sitting died in the in pl- the plane crash and he was only 26 years old mm. really 26 i mean that is crazy isn't that nuts so stacks wow. records um, Puts this together They added the little bit Of the waves And the rain And the stuff In the beginning And then kind of the sound effects They added that
1: yeah.
0: And the reason That there's that whistling At the end of the song yeah. You know the yeah, famous yeah, whistling yeah. Is because he was Gonna put a verse there But it hadn't uh, even Been written yet Wow uh, So they actually liked it Left it in And it's like the, One of the most famous yeah, Things that yeah. everybody knows Who is that whistling Is that That's, that's, that's him, him. Yeah. Oh no way
1: Okay Yeah he, he didn't feel. He didn't, he have, just, words didn't have words for it. He didn't have lyrics, right? For for it. And yet, oh, wow. when you
0: hear it, you go, "It totally fits." Yeah. That's the yeah. way it should have been Loved. in the first yeah. place, right? Yeah, <laughs> it makes it makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. So, really yeah, cool. tragically, two days after, and it just that, they left it in, and they never finished it, and that became wow. that became his biggest song, and that's. Did that get on the Rolling hmm. Stones list? Do you know? It it did get on the Rolling Stones list. I love that song. Isn't that great? Oh, it is such yes. a good song. All those songs. He, all right, I'm going to give you one more. Actually, yes. I might do two more. Come on.
1: Do uh, two. these arms do two. are mine?
0: I play it. was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm going to go out with one song, because, and then I might give you two songs. Yeah, absolutely. Come on.
1: Are you going to... Um, because uh, one song... No, no, no. no, no go, 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 go I was going to give you him, but no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. No, I'm just... I'm totally blanking right now. Uh, well, wait, what do you grows, think about... Co- too, uh, hard to handle.
0: That's exactly what I was going to do. So, yeah, the original... Is actually noticed writing a song. Better. Better. Way better. better. So much better. Way better. But that's not the one I was going to go out with. How much more funky is that?
1: It's just I His voice. I mean, love, a, and I like the, the Black Curse version. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Not bad at all, but this All right, that's not the one I was going to go Wait, out with. Before that. you go out, though, no? let yeah, me yeah, ask come you come something. On. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, please. We're both you guys. And this, I, I know a little bit more of your history, so I think I know the answer. But especially for you and I, okay. when did you become a fan of soul music like this?
0: Wow, oh man, um, I'm gonna say if I had to put like a time on it, it would probably be it started with Stevie. Okay. So whenever I got into Stevie, so I, I got to go back to like. My high school friend, Mike, who played Stevie for me in the car, and I, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Stevie Wonder, to that point, was a, a, a collection of or part of the oldies that I would listened to. Uh-huh. It wasn't soul. Yeah. It was the old stuff. It was yep. the old Stevie, the Motown Stevie. Oh, see,
1: and I, and I, around that same time, I was more like 80s Stevie, which I didn't love at that time. Oh, okay. Part-time lover. Oh, okay. Like yeah, that. Or that, yeah. too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you go up at the, the 70s. The 70s, yeah. Part.
0: And then I was like, holy smokes, what's yeah. this? And then exploring some of those soul things in that era, I I just was blown away by it. I don't know. I think I think soul music. You either feel it or you don't. Yeah, yeah. And I'm worried about people that don't feel it. Oh, I really do. I don't get. Like it's. I don't. get Yeah. How you do you not even say feel that? About that country, country music passion? though. People do tell me that about country Ugh, music. Really? Yeah, yeah they do. Ugh. Like how do you not understand? How do you not feel right. that? I don't. I, 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 don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean, attach I, to it. No. I don't attach to it. Really? Yeah, I don't. Not a, do you? I yeah. I'll, I'll listen to, I will no, listen. I like look, all Don't get me music. wrong. I mean, if it if it has a good vibe to it and great but i don't seek it i don't like
1: i'm with you chris stapleton
0: chris Stapleton, he's different to me yes yeah
1: yeah he's I that guy's soul singer yeah i agree he's more of a soul than a country singer, right but he's a straight up country he is yeah sure
0: yeah he's blended the genres because i know i know
1: you kind of grew up with it your parents i grew up with it so i did not grow up with it No, no i mean a little bit but here and there but not much and it was yeah i mean like that, yeah. Michael Jackson was big when I was young. Yeah, but like but actually, it's not like deep soul. Yeah, right. yeah, right,
0: No, so it was like Stevie, and then I got into like the Philadelphia sound, like the OJ's. Yeah, yeah. and I mean some of the like I got into some weird soul, like deep soul stuff, and then yeah. it just, I just got the bug, That's and then it. It went, and then it kind of went backwards to go like the Temptations mm-hmm. and all the like all the like just yeah. the whole Del- Delphonic. Delphonics, yeah. all my stylistics. Yeah. Oh, oh sounds so good. yeah. All right, let's. All right, like, all right so anyway. This is the song I was going to go out on just because I knew you were going to be here, and we've played this now a couple of times on a couple of different podcasts. Mm, mm, so one mm. of the covers that he did was Sam Cook's oh, "Change no Gonna kidding. Come," yeah, wow. and did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. So before he gets into it, and before he, I, what do you, I, what do you think? Did you know any of that stuff about Otis? No. Isn't he underrated in a yeah. way? Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. Definitely. unappreciated. Yeah. yeah because
1: if I just put on an Otis playlist on you know I can just let it go and you don't have to worry about having to skip anything right you know, yeah. and I've always thought the way about Otis I, and, and then if they pick out some that are similar to Otis you know that it can't be bad <laughs> that's am so so like, so Otis is a, is a good is singer. this his original no. original song so it was Sam okay. Cooke
0: originally like but Sam's is I've been running, kind his is been like y- it's it's dark Right. And meaningful. And again, I hate to continue to use the word, but gritty and soulful. Yeah. Even the chord changes are darker right. and They're more minor. And right. just right. Oh. Right. Exactly. like where he goes is d- deep. Where's Sam Cooke from? You remember? I know you told
1: me in that in that podcast.
0: Yeah, Chicago. Home. Yeah.
1: Just, I just you know, there's no not not a difference, but sometimes you just feel like that. You know, I don't know. I could tell that this is gonna sound dumb, but I, if I had to guess, I would guess that Otis is from the South. South.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I agree think with that you. With Sam Cook. Yeah, it was a little smoother. Well, he was born in the South, moved to Chicago, and he was like one. But he's right, Chicago. Immigration. Right. Yeah. But let's just just I
1: mean, listen. I'm love, I'm love. So anyway,
0: I'll, I'll say this. Um, thank you for letting me do this for you guys and fun. getting a bit of exposure to a guy that I just don't think gets enough mm. credit. And yep. I knew you guys would appreciate it, so I appreciate Absolutely. you letting me do it. Uh, thank it. Thank you. And with that, we'll say thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. I asked my brother, will you help me? Oh, he turned me down and then I asked my dear mother Oh the best.